1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app, it's Friday. It's January 5th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. And you guessed it, it's a Friday. So that means Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. You know, we may not have as much, you know, detailed information in terms of what's going on with the games because so many different quarterbacks are going to be getting the start uh, in Week 18 with some teams having plenty to play for and other teams having no ability or positioning to move up or down in their uh, playoff seating but we do have plenty of uh, contacts surrounding the games and informational notes surrounding the game so we will certainly get into that plus the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's which of course our friends Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits located 2390 North Oma School in Chandler pay them a visit or check out their website vonhansensmeats.net uh, we will also have Kyle uh, Soapy of Pro Football Network. He'll be joining us for some NFL prop bet discussion for week 18. Kind of pick his brain as to how he attacks this week with all the information that we do have. We'll do that around 12:15 today. But first, let's set the scene with today's poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. The season for the Arizona Cardinals wraps up Sunday from Glendale State Farm Stadium as they're hosting divisional opponent the Seattle Seahawks, and if the Cardinals can find a way to win, the Seahawks are pretty much eliminated from the playoff conversation. So who wins Sunday in Glendale? And, Bob, this is completely reversed on its head. Cardinals leading the way 67% of the vote, Seahawks 33%. Yeah, see if the Cardinals win another game and further damage their chances of getting a difference-making player with their first pick of the draft, whenever that might be. And then you've got, uh, there are a few teams that have played, and this is, I know, a lofty statement in the NFL this year, but there are a few teams that have played worse since December 1st than the Seahawks have. We will officially provide that answer today around 1230. Tossing it on over to X at KDOS AM 1060. This has been a topic of conversation in New England and, of course, across the national media. Should Sunday's game be the end of the Patriots and Bill Belichick? And yes, out in front, 55.6% of the vote. No trailing at 44.4%. And, of course, they're 4-12. And and, if the draft were today, the Patriots would be picking third. I think if you're going to answer this question, I think you have to ask yourself, you know, do you want Bill Belichick rebuilding a team? And, uh, you know, do you have to decide whether you like Belichick the coach more than you like Belichick the decision maker and general manager or whatever his official title is? Uh, We will also answer that question around 1230, so you have plenty of time to cast your vote. As I mentioned, Friday spread by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits continues as a bit of a recap here. 
We're sitting at 12 and 4 on the season. That is because of you. As the winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, you have accurately uh, picked 12 times. We're 12 and 4 on the season. Money, of course, at season's end is going to charity. In fact, we have won five in a row to end 2023. So let's start 2024 off right when you are today's $100 gift certificate winner to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Piggybacking off of this X question. Well, let me just stop you real quick here. I wish I could. Yeah, I've actually had one of my best NFL seasons ever, but uh, I've not closed it in 75% ever in any year in my life in the NFL. NFL. Huh. Yeah, 12 and 4 is a remarkable, uh, remarkable stretch. You would love to have that type of percentage, right? Isn't, don't they kind of discuss that even like the pros of the pros uh, when they're talking about what they end up, uh, you know, compiling at season's end? You know, a great year is sitting at like 60%. Yeah, well, that's an incredible year. And, in fact, yeah, I'm in a pool with a friend of mine in our NFL picks this year. We're exactly at 60% during the final week of the season. And I don't have a list of every you know, percentage that we've had through it. We've been doing this pool for like 20-some years. But I can't imagine we've had too many, if any, uh, years where we hit at least 60% in the NFL. We will um, get into all of that here for the NFL games upcoming, but I wanted to piggyback off of the X question here. Should Sunday's game be the end of the Patriots and Bill Belichick? And this uh, got started because I saw Chad Graff of The Athletic had um, a little nugget here about Bill Belichick and his drafting and, and what has happened from drafts and those players beyond uh, three years with the team. And according to Chad Graff here, he says that Belichick has not re-signed a top three-round Patriots selection in the draft since 2013. That is quite remarkable. So that means they're not getting to a second contract with the New England Patriots since 2013. And when I was discussing this last night with with a friend, you know, my initial thought here was, you know, yikes, that means you're not really hitting on your selections. You're not making a long-term impact with the first three rounds of the draft. And I understand that the Patriots there for some years didn't actually have first-round selections and Bill likes to trade out of the first round, et cetera. Uh, to accumulate more picks. But the counter to that particular argument, too, was he doesn't like to pay players. And so a second contract is usually a raise. So maybe that's why they're moving on from particular players. But I thought we could kind of go through some of these these picks and selections and say to ourselves, you know, who were they as a player and what sort of, you know, contributions did they yeah. have? Before we get into that, I also think it's, it's – Nate Davis mentioned this in the last hour from USA Today when I asked him about whether Belichick should return this upcoming season. After this season, I should say, should it be his final game on Sunday uh, with the Patriots? And I've mentioned this from time to time. I know you brought it up too, is that in addition, it hasn't just been draft picks. I mean, they've done – they've made some horrendous decisions on free agents and paid a lot of people money in free agency – uh, that also didn't get second contracts with them because they overpaid them and they weren't very good. So that's a kind of a bad combo. 
Uh, yes, that is not a great combination there. Uh, so in when you go back to 2013, which is the last time that a top three-round pick was re-signed, that was Deron Harmon. He was the lone player uh, that has been re-signed with New England. Yeah. If you look at uh, to that 2013 draft, though, in round two, it was Jamie Collins who was selected. And, you know, funny enough, though, he has had three stints with the Patriots. Uh, he left. He had his huge payday with the Browns and probably you could argue his most productive years in his three stints were with the Patriots. Yeah, He's had a strange career. I mean, even when he was, no matter where he's been uh, from year to year, remember the old Brett Saberhagen thing and you weren't even alive for most of this, but the old Brett Saberhagen thing in baseball, when he was an elite pitcher, I forgot which it was in the odd years or the even years, he would be great. The other, he would be not good at all. And there was nothing in between. And that's, you know, the Jamie Collins' NFL career kind of reminds me of that. I don't know if it's an odd, even thing, but it seems to be an every other year type of thing in his career. Also in round two was wide receiver Aaron Dobson. Round three, Logan Ryan. Uh, he had his big payday with the Titans. Yeah. And then round three was Deron Harmon. So that was in 2013, the last time a New England Patriot received a second contract uh, from the team. Moving to 2014, round one was Dominic Easley, defensive tackle. And round Ooh. two was Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously traded to the 49ers there in 2017. My man, Jimmy G. All right. Should I get it in my first Jimmy G ran of 20? I think I just did by not even doing it. Uh, okay, I'm I, I'm done. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I think, you know, going through some of these picks, uh, it was kind of a blast from the past with some of these names, like especially uh, Dominic Easley, uh, you know, being one of those yeah, names. I forgot all about that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I totally forgot he existed. 2015, round one was Malcolm Brown, defensive tackle. Uh, he is a two-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots, but he uh, uh, was not part of the long-term defensive line for the Patriots. Round two, Jordan Richards, safety, 2015 to 2017 with wow. the Pats. And Geno Grissom, defensive end. He pretty much was just a backup and a special teamer. Who are these people? <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I don't even, you know, I, you know, guys I forgot, and now I guys I don't even remember existed. I totally forgot. I'm completely. I have no clue. I know, and they're selected uh, highly here. Moving on yeah. to 26. We got another one coming from ASU here soon. We do. In 2016, yeah. round two, it was Cyrus Jones, cornerback. He was on the team that won the Super Bowl against the Falcons, but he was inactive on game day and was waived just two years later. Round three here, though, this was a good pick. Joe Tooney, guard, but his big yeah. payday came with the Chiefs, five years, $80 million. Yeah. That's true. He was, uh, you know, he he had some. He was productive with the Patriots, so he certainly had some. He he helped them win many games. Uh, absolutely. Continuing on with 2016, round three was Jacoby Brissett traded to Indianapolis after one year with Andrew Luck's injury, and also round three was Vincent Valentine. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Valentine's Day is next month. <laughs> yes, it is. 2017, uh, they did not have a first or a second rounder. The go to third round here, Derek Rivers, defensive end. He tore his ACL in training camp his rookie year. And then also in round three, Antonio Garcia was a tackle, but he developed blood clots and he didn't play at all his rookie year and ended up just playing one season with the Patriots. 
Those are two dudes I don't even remember. Uh, then you have in 2018, I know you'll remember him in round one, Isaiah Wynn tackle. He has a one-year yeah. deal currently with the Dolphins this offseason. Also round one, Sony Michelle running back traded to the Rams in 2021. And both those guys were hurt uh, it, while they were in New England and when they tried to catch on elsewhere. So they've, uh, yeah, I think that they've been, they've had moments where they, you could understand their draft, you know, status and when they got picked, but they've just been hurt a lot. Also, round three in 2018, I completely forgot about this player, Duke Dawson, cornerback. He was put on injured reserve and he actually never played a snap for the Patriots. I don't remember him at all either. So there's way too many. I don't remember guys at all here. Way too many. Now here's where uh, you get to the ASU player. Round one in 2019, Nikhil Harry, wide receiver. Uh, round two, Joe Juwan Williams, cornerback. He was put on IR in 2022 and uh, subsequently waived after that. Round three, Chase Winovich, defensive end. Round three, Damian Harris, running back, signed with the Bills this offseason. And Yadni Kajeste, a tackle in round three, and he was actually waived this offseason. Yeah, Winovich had some good moments. Uh, you know, the Henry thing, I never quite figured why you know why he was i understand when he got picked in the first round he's a physical receiver etc but as i said while he was playing at asu i wondered how much success he would actually have long term in the nfl because he just posted you know small cornerbacks up in the pac-12 all the time and it seemed to be almost all his success in the uh at the asu at asu and against the pac-12 was he just Basically posted, it was more like a power forward getting rebounding position than a receiver. Absolutely. Uh, so I thought that that was just kind of interesting to go through when you have the conversation of Coach Bill and GM Bill and how sometimes GM Bill definitely didn't help Coach Bill. Well, and also just what I said before, too, is uh, in addition to your excellent analysis here of these draft picks, which is far worse than I ever thought it was before we went through that, uh, I knew it was not good, but I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, but the, the money they did spend on free agents, a lot of that were guys that just weren't very good as it turned out, and that just turned out to be, for the most part, the large majority of those guys were guys that didn't make an impact with the Patriots at all. Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. The weekend special certified Angus beef choice New York strip steaks at $24.99 a pound. Prime boneless bacon wrapped pork chops, eight ounce average at two for $10. Bob, that's something up your alley. Fresh natural yeah. jumbo party style chicken wings at $4.99 a pound. Pay them a visit over at 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. We dive into friday spread the nfl week 18 games on the other side of the break we'll also have kyle soapy of pro football network set to join us around 12 15 get his perspective on how we tackle week 18 for the prop bet market we'll do that all coming up here in the extra point on kdos am 1060 as always follow along with us online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app
SB Nation Radio is now Sports Map Radio, keeping sports content fresh and fun. Join us right here on KDUS AM 1060. 11:22 on this Friday, January 5th edition of Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Pay our, vis- our friends a visit. Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. $100 gift certificate available to you a little bit later on in the show. Before we get started with the games in the NFL on Saturday, Bob, you have a little disclaimer you'd like to make note of. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we'd probably do some form of this every year, but uh, I think maybe even more so in the final week of the regular season this year. And I don't have a whole lot of opinions in this week's uh, games. There are the usual final week player personnel questions. Seems like, as you mentioned earlier, more quarterback questions than we've had at this point of the year most years. Uh, Then we've had quarterback questions all year about a lot of teams. There's also going to be some awful weather uh, this weekend. It, as, as of like an hour and a half ago when I last looked, uh, especially Baltimore and New England, it looks like there could be some horrendous weather. Cold weather, you know, snow in New England. Uh, so, you know, check the weather forecast and whatever if you're going to try to wager on some of these games. Uh, so good luck there. Also, uh, I'm going to have more just some general thoughts about teams when we go through these next games here. Um, and, uh, and if you are wagering this weekend, I would suggest in most games you wait until the inactive list that are reve- that revealed, what, 90 minutes before kickoff. I would, uh, if you can, unless you just see a number that you can't you know, refuse and you have to bet it at that point, I would wait as long as possible and 90 minutes before each game they have to you know unveil the the inactive inactive list where they just they do the inactive and you can be smart enough to figure out whoa okay he's he must be active uh, so there you go so just a few things there before we get rolling here uh, I have one tidbit because you touched on the quarterback situation and we've talked about quarterbacks all year long and how it's really been a revolving door this year so with some of the new names that are slated to get starts this week in the nfl if everyone who is expected to start this sunday that's new combine it all together we would have 67 different starting quarterbacks this season I assume that's the most ever. I mean, I don't remember being in the 60s before. 50s, I remember. You know, so we went, I guess we hit 60 last week, right, or close to it. And you know, I remember there were some you know, surprising changes in the last minute of last week, so somewhere in that ballpark. But uh, this seems to be a very high amount. Uh, so I know we have an extra week this season, so maybe that's part of the deal too. But I don't think it's uh, I don't think that one extra week would make that big a difference. But it uh, numerically it uh, is astronomical. It seems to me. Yeah, it's been quite high, uh, and, and maybe it just sticks out into our mind as well because um, there's been a pretty big dis- discrepancy between. Uh, the starting quarterback and the backup quarterbacks on these teams. And sometimes when they're having to go to a third stringer, uh, it also then continues to just widen the gap of of the person playing that position. And Cleveland, I think, is this is a fourth or fifth quarterback this year for them. And, you know, they're a team that's in the playoffs. So 
the one thing I'll also say, though, it hasn't all been injury-related. There's been a lot of performance-related changes in the NFL as quarterback this year, too. All right, on to the games. Saturday, 2.30 p.m. on ABC ESPN. It's the Steelers and the Ravens. Steelers minus 3.5, Ravens plus 3.5, over-under sitting at 35.5. Mason Rudolph here, are you ready for this little tidbit, has as many completions of 40 or more yards this season, he's played in two games, as Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky did in the 14 games they've played combined this year. That number is four completions. Meanwhile, the Ravens have the one seed. And remember, remember, Rudolph was a quarterback before they went and got those two guys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe, you know, sometimes you see that where uh, the expectations are there about you as a quarterback and then you find some time on the bench. Maybe you figure some things out. The game kind of really starts to slow down for you. You get yourself another opportunity and and you make the, the most of it. I mean, we saw that last year with Geno Smith, right? That's true. Or in uh, Rudolph's case, uh, you face the Bengals depleted defense and the Seattle defense, which has been awful for several weeks running. And George Pickens, I'm guessing, is the guy that's caught most of these long balls here in the last couple of weeks. I saw he's very upset he didn't make the Pro Bowl. Yeah, well, George Pickens always upset about something. And uh, he's got some mental issues, quite frankly. And that's one of the reasons that he didn't get drafted as highly as uh, some thought. Performance, you know, based on athleticism, he should have been drafted much higher. We said this before that draft even that year. Uh, but he's got issues, and a lot of teams didn't want to deal with it. And I'm sure Mike Tomlin from time to time this year has also not wanted to deal with him. Uh, so... The Ravens, they have the one seed all locked up, so there's going to be plenty of starters and key players not playing, including Lamar Jackson, OBJ, Marlon Humphrey, Daryl Worley, Kevin Zietler. Kyle Hamilton is listed as questionable. He's been dealing with an injury there, so uh, if he really is questionable, and I, I can't imagine that they would want to force him out there for, for something that is already locked up for the Ravens. Tyler Huntley, though, is a very capable backup quarterback here for the Ravens. And the Steelers here, for what they're playing for, they need to win in order to make the playoffs. They have a 16% chance of making the playoffs if they lose this game and a 66% chance of making the playoffs if they win. I'll say one thing about Huntley, though. I think it's, um, yeah, he's had to basically finish the last couple of years when Lamar got hurt. Uh, he was not good last year uh, at the end of the season. He was much better a couple of years ago. Uh, when he was in that situation. So we'll see how this goes this week. Um, about the only thing, well, a couple things. First, I hope that Pittsburgh loses, quite frankly, because I would much rather see Buffalo or even Houston in the playoffs. I'm tired of watching the Steelers. Uh, I just don't want to, I just want them to play one more game and then go home and, you know, be done for the season. And the only other thing I really have in this game is obviously the Mike Tomlin now 17 consecutive seasons, not below 500. That is true. The second Saturday game is the Texans and the Colts. That's 6.15 p.m. Also ABC ESPN. The Texans minus one and a half. Colts plus one and a half. Over under sitting at 47 and a half. C.J. Stroud home versus road splits. They've been a thing this year. Home, 65.5% yes. completion percentage, 2,486 yards, 17 touchdowns and four picks. On the road, 60% completion, 1,358 yards, four touchdowns and one pick. 
Yeah, I'll also add that you know when you know Stroud returned last week, he missed uh, some a couple of he missed multiple games because of the concussion. He came back last week and he got rid of the ball far quicker uh, and didn't throw down the field nearly as much. And I think some of that had to do with offensive line issues. But I'm also wondering, you know, Tunsil got hurt in that game last week, by the way, and may not play this week. Uh, he says he's going to play, and I'm sure he wants to play and so forth because it's, you know, win or go home. Uh, but uh, we'll see how that goes. But I'm wondering whether Stroud's uh, getting rid of the ball so much quicker because there were some plays where he wasn't rushed at all and he got rid of it really fast. And I wonder if he was a little leery because he missed a couple of games because of that concussion. So we'll see what happens. Uh, that's something to definitely pay attention to. This is a nationally televised game tomorrow night. You asked me a few weeks ago about Shane Steichen. And I said I would kind of get back to you on that. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think that you know he should be a coach. Nate Davis mentioned this uh, from USA Today when he had Nate on the last hour. He mentioned Steichen should be a coach of the year candidate. I totally agree. He and his coaching staff have done a tr- tremendous job of player development. Uh, you know they've been without you know Jonathan Taylor for a lot of the season. Anthony Richardson got hurt. Uh, they basically had the same offensive line and pretty much that was bad last year and pretty much the same defense, which was hit or miss last year. And I think that uh, this proves uh, one thing for sure is that Frank Reich was not a good head coach, which I actually claimed for years. And Steichen and his coaching staff here have done a really good job. This team has improved and their individual players have improved during the season. A couple of just... Uh practical matters here noah brown is listed as out for the texans robert woods is listed as questionable on the defensive side of the ball for the texans will anderson and malik collins are also listed as questionable jonathan taylor go ahead and greenard is out i mean he leads them in sacks he is not he's he was officially ruled out yesterday he's not going to play that's a huge deal for them Jonathan Taylor, he has averaged 124.6 yards per game against the Texans, along with six touchdowns in his five career games against the Texans. Uh, So he's back for the Colts. Uh, You just have to wonder, you know, in addition to everything that he's been dealing with and then in general, uh, just how good he's been against the Texans and then with some of these key defensive issues or injuries the Texans have. And but none of those games have been against uh, D'Amico Ryan's. True, because he didn't play against them earlier this year. My next question here: In this type of setting and this type of game, with all that's on the line for these two teams, do you trust Gardner Minshew to avoid the big mistake? Yeah, I actually think there's a little more. You know, he's made big mistakes in some games. He's also made some play. He's the reason. He's the you know, a big reason they're in position to make the playoffs. He's made some big plays in some games this year, and uh, you know the Tennessee game comes to mind uh, off the top of my head uh, that they won at Tennessee, and you know Tennessee's been really good at home, uh, but you know the Colts went down there and won. Uh, so I think that uh, you know. I think there's a lot of Minshew haters out there. And every time that something goes wrong, they let like point that out. And it seems like that they're more reluctant to point out when he actually helps them win games. And they're in this position because he's helped them win a lot of games. Minshew mania. Yeah, my man. I was completely anti-Minshew when he was in Jacksonville. But, yeah, he's done a really good job here. And I'm not still sold on Anthony Richardson being coming a stud quarterback. If Anthony Richardson had not been hurt, 
uh, and Minshew had not come in to replace him early in the season. Uh, if, if Richardson was a starting quarterback the whole year, I don't know if the Colts would be in this position. We'll get into the Sunday slate of games on the other side of the break. It is the extra point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you on this Friday spread up until 1 o'clock today. downloaded the KTUS 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone. Welcome back to Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app, continuing Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Von Hansen's, the weekend special, certified Angus beef choice, New York strip steaks at $24.99 a pound, prime boneless bacon wrapped pork chops, eight ounce average at two for $10. Maybe we should get that renamed to just the Bob Kemp special. I like the steak, though, too. I mean, so far, we're two for two here. Okay, all right. <laughs> I was trying to get you your own, like, branded special. I know. No, I, special. I, I understand. I understand that, but uh, yeah, I do like the steak thing, too. So, we, you know, like, we're on a roll. Okay. So, there we go. <laughs> uh, the third special for the weekend, Fresh Natural Jumbo Party-style chicken wings at four ninety nine a pound. Yeah. They are located 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. Do you want some chicken wings, too? Steak. Stunningly, uh, you know, I'm not the biggest chicken wings fan. So there you go. So I'd say, you know, 67%. That's that's you know, good batting average. Well, uh, would would you prefer the chicken wings if it was boneless? Absolutely. I don't do the non-boneless. I mean, that's just too much of a mess for me. And uh, I that's like eating ribs. I went to a friend's house the other night, and they, and we, they served ribs, and it was like, oh, my God, I'm going to embarrass myself here. <laughs> so, you know, was, you know, I love eating them, but, I mean, it's just uh, I'm, a, I, I'm too messy. Dive, dive right <laughs> in. Embrace the chaos. Yeah, that's pretty much what I did. I mean, if they weren't, like, my best friends uh, and people that put me up for two weeks when I was, you know, on my, you know, did in my rehab and left the hospital, I went and stayed at their house for two weeks. Uh, they, they were used to me at that point. They know that I'm sloppy. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, maybe a game and, that might and they be... Still, and, they still, and they still serve the ribs, so <laughs> you know, I guess I don't know if that what that means. <laughs> well, maybe a game that might also turn into a slop fest here between the Falcons and the Saints. Uh, the Falcons plus three, Saints minus three, over-under sitting at 42.5. Both of these teams have been really just wildly inconsistent this season. Taylor Heineke is dealing with an ankle injury, and last I had seen, Arthur Smith said that he will try to go on Sunday. The Saints are a team, though, that are giving up 122.5 yards per game on the ground, so can Arthur Smith run the football uh i guess it comes down to try (laughs) (laughs) who do you trust more in this situation well between the quarterbacks i don't care which one you have for atlanta okay well Derek carr's had a really good yeah i'll get to the head coach thing in a second uh Derek carr's actually had some very good games here down the stretch so 
good for him, and he helped me win some money in my fantasy league, so yeah, thank you very much. Uh, also, as far as the coaches go, uh, it's not just a Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Allen thing. Uh, you know, Pete Carmichael is the offensive coordinator. There's been a lot of questions about him. And obviously, you know, they're, you know, I'm not an Arthur Smith fan. Uh, but And I can't imagine yet that the game they had in uh, Chicago that that really enhances his chances of returning next season. The Saints, 1% chance of making the playoffs if they lose, 51% chance if they win. Falcons, 1% chance if they lose, 36% chance if they win. The Browns... Let's all just root for Tampa to make the playoffs because they're the only team in this division I wouldn't gag if I had to watch them in the postseason. Well, let's slide right over to them. The Bucks and the Panthers here. The Bucks minus 4.5, Panthers plus 4.5, over-under sitting at 37.5. I think there's... Big concern here for Baker Mayfield and his rib injury and his health here. If the Bucs uh, lose, they have a 1% chance of making the playoffs. But if they win, 99% chance. Uh, so the question here is, can they maybe uh, turn their attention to riding Rashad White if Baker Mayfield is a little bit uh, hampered by that rib injury, ineffective and hurting? That's a good question, and White's been really good. Their defense has also been really good for several games now, even against some good offensive opponents. Uh, just in the last 10 minutes or so here, I saw Sarah Walsh, who has covered Tampa Bay and the, the Florida teams uh, for NFL Network the last you know, few weeks here for the most of the year, if not the entire year. Uh, she mentioned that uh, you know, she th- thinks that Minshew is going to – not Minshew, that uh, – that uh, that uh, Mayfield's going to play, uh, so we'll see what's up with that. Yeah, Carolina, obviously, uh, they're a mess. They're they're right now they're the worst roster in the NFL. After you know many of their key defenders got hurt early in the season, they never figured out the offensive line issues. Bryce Young's had like one good quarter this season. That was the fourth quarter a couple of weeks ago against Green Bay when they almost won that game. Uh, Then you have Bryce Young. I just thought this was interesting here for him in the last couple of weeks. Uh, 12-17 against the Falcons, 75% completion percentage, 167 yards on the day. On Christmas Eve against the Packers, it was 63.9% completion percentage, 312 yards for him on the day. Then New Year's Eve against the Jaguars, 59.4% completion percentage and 112 yards on the day. He's too damn short. Uh, he and Kyler Murray can't see over the offensive lineman. It's been a problem all year for him, and it's been a problem for four years for Murray, and they're, uh, unless they have an unusual growth spurt, it ain't going to change. This game, we will whiz right through the Browns and the Bengals. Browns plus seven, Bengals minus seven, over-under sitting at 37.5. No Joe Flacco. It's going to be Jeff Driscoll getting the start, who of most recent was on the practice squad for the Arizona Cardinals. Yesterday, though, we touched on, uh, you know, and they were appropriately named to the Pro Bowl, Amari Cooper and David Njoku, and we touched on the seasons that they've been having. Some numbers to back all of that up. Amari Cooper, 72 catches. 1,250 yards, five touchdowns. David Njoku, 81 catches, 882 yards, and six touchdowns. As for the Bengals, they've officially been eliminated from the playoffs. And last I saw, T. Higgins was on the injury report, not practicing this week. And likely he's played his final game in Cincinnati, um, you know, unless they franchise tag him. But, uh, yeah, they've got a you – know, obviously they saw Burrow already did a long-term contract. They've got Chase's contract coming up soon. 
They've got some serious salary cap issues to discuss. I know they have a lot of cap space right now, but they have the younger players. They've got to extend their contracts here at some point, so what are they going to do with that? I'll add one quick thing about Cleveland. They have the most passing yards in the NFL and the most 20-plus yards plays in the last five games since Joe Flacco became the starting quarterback and he just started heaving it down the field, which he's done his whole life, whether he's at Delaware, Baltimore, the Jets, briefly, or Cleveland. Then we move into the Jaguars and the Titans. Jags minus three and a half. Uh, Titans plus three and a half. Over under sitting at 40 and a half. The question here, what's the status of Trevor Lawrence? He threw in the open portion of practice in Thursday's practice. No official designation for him. If not, it'll be the second straight start for C.J. Beathard. Also, just uh, uh, a little note, Christian Kirk's 21-day window has officially been activated after he uh, had that terrible injury and put himself on IR there then on um, flipping he, he, he might play this game uh, is what they said earlier this week and I'll add one other quick thing before I forget about Lawrence also within the last hour I saw Judy Batista here on NFL Network uh, saying that this could be literally a game time decision for Lawrence how he feels and how he throws in the uh, you know warm-up period before you know they have to make a roster decision for the inactives will determine whether he plays or not um, flipping this to the Titans side of things, is this Derrick Henry's final game in a Titans uniform? He's 29 years old this year. It's been 16 games for him, 261 carries, 1,014 yards, 11 touchdowns. Also, you have, is Mike Vrabel coming back as head coach next year? Uh, I don't think there's a, unless he gets the New England job, you know, there's no reason for the Titans to let him go. I mean, he's done a really good job even this year with the Titans, considering all their injuries. Also, Will Levis might actually play in this game now, it turns out, after it seemed like there was no way he was going to play earlier in the week. Uh, so questionable is the thing I heard yesterday on this. Uh, as far as Henry goes, we talk about roads and home and road splits quite a bit. Uh, well, not maybe quite a bit, but we mentioned it from time to time. Uh, his uh, He's got home and road splits, plus, more importantly for him, and really throughout his career, uh, when they're ahead, he has got some amazing numbers, and when they're chasing points, he's not a big part of the passing game, and they're, you know his numbers suffer tremendously. I mean, it's a huge difference between whether they're winning or losing in games. We will get to more games on the other side of the break. We have uh, a couple of games upcoming that have zero implications one way or the Look other. Look that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure I have some snide comments or quick comments on the teams that are not playing for anything. So we'll do that next. We still have the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits available to you. And, of course, Kyle Soppy set to join us around 1215 from Pro Football Network for NFL Props. I'm sure he has some angles and some theories for us to dive into. I I need help. (laughs) So we'll uh, turn to Kyle for his expertise. We'll do that in hour number two. It's all happening here in the Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060. Gottlieb Show, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. 
this Friday, January 5th edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. We continue on with this thriller, the Jets and the Patriots. Jets plus one and a half, Patriots minus one and a half, over under sitting at 30 and a half. Uh, Patriots with Bill Belichick, are you ready for this? They're looking mm-hmm. to make it 16 in a row over the Jets. I knew. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I, I knew it was in double digits. I, I kind of lost track over the years and not really cared. Uh, but, yeah, I knew it was a bunch. So, yeah, good way to finish his career, maybe, in uh, New England. Also, uh, to repeat from earlier, really bad weather possibilities here, snow and wind. So, check your Doppler radar, I guess, at this point. At some point, uh like before the game. If you're going to bet on this game, you probably need to be committed somewhere, by the way. The Jets, uh, they have already said that Robert Sala is going to be back. Should they have? Absolutely not. Uh, and in fact, I don't uh, I think he's uh, certainly, I don't even know if he's that good a defensive coordinator because, you know, he was at the in the heyday of the talent level in San Francisco. I don't think San Francisco's defense has as much talent right now as it did then. Uh, so I'm not sure about that. I just didn't quite understood, uh, quite understand. Excuse me, a lot of the uh, you know during hard knocks. What is this guy talking about? And I really haven't seen anything strategically in his now three seasons. I guess it is as the Jets head coach that makes me think that he's head coaching material. So we'll see. And uh, Trevor Simeon another start. So yet another reason not to watch this game. The Vikings and the Lions. Vikings plus three, Lions minus three, over under sitting at 45 and a half. The Lions currently have the number three seed, and they can only improve if both the Eagles and the Cowboys lose. So the question here is, uh, you know, how long will Jared Goff and the starters play? As it is right now, Dan Campbell says they're playing. The Vikings are starting Nick Mullins (laughs) yet again. Hard to believe that hardcore Dan Campbell, I think if, no matter what, is he, would he ever sit guys? I don't know if he's ever – he's certainly never been in this position to sit guys before in his head coaching career. Uh, so I'm not sure he would ever do that. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm a little confused of what's going on in Minnesota uh, for a lot of reasons. You know, Kevin O'Connell said on Tuesday he was going to remain a starting quarterback until Sunday. Then on Wednesday he announced that Mullins was a starting quarterback. Uh, You know, I thought it was fascinating because of the Lions and we know about Dan Campbell and his aggressiveness and what happened and transpired in that Cowboys game. They went for it on fourth down with a fake punt uh, deep in their own territory. And then obviously we know about the multiple different two point conversion attempts. But in general, I just thought to myself, you know, uh, the Lions and going for it on fourth down, Dan Campbell, he's not afraid to do it deep in his own territory. So how often have they done it this year? Well, the Lions are 19 of 38 on fourth down. So they've gone for it 38 times on fourth down. And I thought that has to be the most of any team in the league. It's not. The Panthers have actually gone for it the most Uh on fourth down 46 times. They've been successful 45.65% of the times. The Lions are second at 38. Their success rate is 50%. The Giants come in at third at 37 times, 48.65%. And I'm actually not surprised fourth on this list here is actually the Cardinals at 32 times going forward on fourth down. Their success rate is 40.63%. Well, I'm not surprised that those teams, three of those four teams are bad, really bad teams. 
so they're behind all the time, so they're chasing points. Uh, the Lions are the only team in that group that is anywhere near a playoff team, and they're in the playoffs, so that doesn't surprise me too much. Also, I'd be curious, I would almost guarantee you, that Campbell's fourth down conversion rate has really slid as the season has continued. He basically lost the Thanksgiving Day game on some stupid fourth down decisions, and I don't understand why he was going to go for you know, two still when it was fourth and fourth and seven on the first, you know, after they scored the touchdown last week against Dallas. Then you know, when they went off sides, he went for it on fourth and two. I could get that. But I just don't understand it sometimes and just take some points. And I'm not just being completely uh, an old person, curmudgeon type of guy that, uh, you know, doesn't understand the analytics and so forth. But that just seems to be stupid football logic. Yeah, I was in a not an argument, but we were we were bantering about it. And I was all for going for two to win the game the first time around because you really had the Cowboys on their heels in that particular. It was like a moment thing for me. Like, yes, pounce, take advantage of it. But then the situation occurred, which backed you up. And at that point, to me, kick, kick the extra point. Yeah, after they got the five-yard penalty, I, I was kind of stunned that they still tried it. And, yeah, then there was another five-yard penalty. And so I got – I kind of understood it there. But, I mean, I just uh, – you know, the, the number – the guys that just do the numbers and the athletic and analytics just based on what the sheet says and just the numbers and don't take into account the actual circumstances of the game at that time, that's what drives me nuts. I can't imagine, though. I, I now, now I'm curious. What does the numbers say in terms of probability of winning? Because now you're fourth and seven, so you have one shot to score one point to essentially win the game. What is the probability of that success and then the probability of continuing on to win versus at that point kicking the extra point, so the probability of a success in the extra point attempt, and then the, si- the probabilities of going to overtime and winning. How does that all factor out, if you will? I don't know that either, but you know, it doesn't factor in, factor in the human element of what's actually going on during the game. We'll get into more for the NFL Week 18 as we continue Friday Spread, brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits in the Extra Point on KDOS AM 1060. Hour 2 is coming up next.